0: This is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard DJ's Aviation Podcast. This is your home for everything aviation. From the latest news on aircraft, airlines, and airports, to documenting travel journeys unlike any other across the globe. Be sure to check out our second YouTube channel, Globetrotting at DJ's Aviation, where you'll find analytically driven coverage of the industry, which aims to answer your most burning questions. But for now, we're next in line for takeoff. So I'll pass you over to our host for today's proceedings, Dan. Dan.
1: A very warm welcome back to the DJ's Aviation Podcast. The most recent episode took a look at what had been going on in my life and why there was a little bit of a hiatus from recording these episodes, but today I'm well and truly back with more of the stories that you've become accustomed to enjoying, and this one, well, as the title most likely is going to say, is my worst travel experience probably ever. Ever. A reminder that this podcast, you can listen to it on any streaming platform of your choosing, whether that be Google, Amazon, Spotify, Apple, and so much more. Currently, there are 99 five-star reviews over on Spotify, so if you haven't already, head over to Spotify on any kind of mobile or tablet device. Uh, search up the DJ's Aviation Podcast and feel free to drop it a five-star review so we can get over that 100 mark. Now grab some popcorn and let's get underway. The premise of this trip was heading from the eastern part of Quebec to Seattle. The goal was to reach the Boeing factory to celebrate the final 747 delivery to Atlas Air. I had been invited by the aircraft manufacturer. So for me, not only was this incredible to be invited by a manufacturer of such status, but also to have the opportunity to witness aviation history. For those that don't know, the Boeing 747 is a fundamental part of why I'm sat here today recording this podcast and why the publication even exists. If it wasn't for the 747 alongside my parents, I don't really think that you would I would be here today doing this. So, with that being said, let's take a look at the initial routing. I was beginning in eastern Quebec with a layover then in Montreal, was then headed onwards to Toronto before touching down in Seattle at 9pm. The day would begin at around about 5am, so it was quite a long travel journey to just be going from one side of North America to the other, but it's the things you have to do. Canada has definitely a airfare problem, and that's something that I hadn't experienced until arriving into the country last summer. I definitely knew it was present but upon having a look at potential routes that one could fly it became evident just how expensive it was and how in some cases it's cheaper to fly on a nine hour international flight from a major Canadian city than trying to fly regionally. Because of the late notice with regards to dates and details from Boeing it did make it hard initially to try and book something As naturally, you didn't want to pick a date and then have the final date change as this was something that happened on multiple occasions. So, naturally, you're trying to hold off as much as possible until something firm is down. Unfortunately, in this case, it was only agreed a week prior what the date would officially be, meaning at that point, airfares were already very, very high. But it's something you have to do if you really want to go and do this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, which in my opinion, I still to this day believe it was. The airport and small town I was originating out of, which was a short drive from where I was staying, only had one flight per day to Montreal. So as a result, if you miss that one flight with Air Canada, then you're not making it on any of your connecting journeys. Thankfully though, they time this one flight per day out at 5am which means it's great for any connections in theory but unfortunately that one flight per day you're very dependent on the inbound flight the night prior actually going ahead because if that inbound flight is cancelled in any way or delayed in any way then your next morning flight back to Montreal simply won't go ahead. I was at a local hockey tournament and at 6pm the night before my flight I received a text message from Air Canada that my flight it had indeed been cancelled and there were no rebooking details or nothing had really been done to the booking. As mentioned this was only one flight. I still had oh, I think two more I want to say the Montreal to Toronto and then the Toronto to Seattle because at the time it wasn't possible to get a direct service from Montreal to Seattle. That's now changed but when I was booking there were no options for that available. So I had to head back to where I was staying Call up Air Canada and try and resolve the problem. They were, to their credit, helpful in the sense that it was easy to get a hold of someone and speak to them, which is something I've always found with the Canadian airline. They're quick, efficient and such. As for helpful that can definitely be debatable, but in the end, the only thing the Canadian airline could do was cancel my first leg of the journey. Now that left me still with the Montreal to Toronto and Toronto to Seattle. The Montreal to Toronto service departed Montreal at 4 p.m. So with, as mentioned, there only being one flight per day out of the small town I was originating from, that didn't leave me many options in regards to getting to Montreal by 4pm. You may ask, why couldn't you just go the next day? And that was something that the airline did suggest. However, unfortunately, that next day was the day that the event was taking place. You may ask why I couldn't have gone one day earlier. Well, in hindsight, that probably would have been a good idea. But at the time, considering that day was hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars more, it wasn't something I was willing to put that much money into when it was was already costing a significant amount to get to Seattle again hindsight is a wonderful thing and after the event you would definitely say that I would have done that but at the time that's not something I would have wanted to do which is why I opted for the date that I did it just worked best and of course for cost saving where possible it was present So the end result, just to confirm, was that Air Canada had cancelled the first leg. Again, they mentioned I could go on the next day's flight, but that was useless to me. But we had retained the next two flights. They did say I could call up the airline in the next week or so and get a refund for that leg of the journey, uh, to which I did. In terms of how much of a refund it was on the grand scheme of things, it was pretty much peanuts, but at the very least, it was something So driving to Montreal wasn't an option, given just how far it was. So the only way to get me into Montreal by 4pm was to book with PAL, or P-A-L, which is another regional operator out of Canada with definitely a massive focus in Quebec. The only problem with this is it was a triangular service. I had to go through Quebec city, have a layover there, then change planes. And then when I got into Montreal, we'll have to collect my luggage and recheck it in with Air Canada. It seemed very simple. And according to the schedule, I did have enough time in each location to do all of these checks. Uh, But let's just say none of it went according to plan. The next morning, I woke up a little bit later and began the journey to Quebec City, which was a new airport for me, and Pal were also a new airline. So, my thoughts on Pal well very much a regional operator and something you would just expect from a regional operator very small planes which means the journey is not fast it's a very personal experience with only one person acting as a cabin crew member which for me growing up in a city is certainly not something i'm used to but over in a regional parts of canada and also probably other regional parts of the globe It's definitely something you can get accustomed to. They did serve a complimentary pretzel snack and drink, which for the price that they were charging, I would hope so, even though it was just short flight and you could have gone without, and it definitely doesn't make the end cost actually worth it. It was nice at the very least that they gave you a little something on board the aircraft. As mentioned, it was on a propeller plane, so very, very small and very slow in general and compared to, say, your 787s or A330s, so that was an experience. A beautiful day for flying, though, until we arrived into Quebec City. Most of Quebec had been hit by a bit of a snow and ice storm in in recent days, so this definitely made conditions not great, and it was snowing upon arrival into Quebec City. Eventually, we deboarded the aircraft, and it was absolutely freezing Uh, there was a short walk from the aircraft stairs to the doors and that's one of those walks that you dread I was not dressed for freezing temperatures I was going to uh, well my end goal was Seattle so I wasn't necessarily expecting uh, minus 25 which is what I had been facing in eastern Quebec for most of the winter But oh well, made it into the airport. And I've got to say the Quebec City airport is very, very, very nice. Uh, I'd never been there and it's a very modern and sleek design. Obviously, Quebec City is not the busiest airport in the world, but I found that their facilities at least passed security as I didn't see the check-in area. I was only staying in the area of the gates. Very modern, very open. I love the tall ceilings, something I'm very envious of being based in Melbourne and something a lot of people in Melbourne want want and there's not a whole lot of room for them to really raise the ceiling height but One of the downsides I would say of of Melbourne Airport on a whole is not just how it's organized but how cramped it can feel and there's not a lot of light. As I mentioned these facilities have been in place for so long that there's not a whole lot you can do. I mean you can make minor changes and when I say minor they will take a very long time to do and they'll never truly be able to say replicate a brand new airport because it's just something different unless they're going to do a whole terminal or they're going to say build a new terminal they're, they're kind of limited in what they want to do but Quebec City was very nice and I think I had about a 50 minute layover there before I then was boarding another flight through to Montreal that flight through to Montreal was delayed significantly due to the aircraft incurring a diversion earlier in the morning which meant it was, uh, it was pretty delayed on all of its services. So the 50-minute layover turned into a two-hour one and something that was very interesting to me and I was not expecting is I was first to board the aircraft and when actually I boarded the aircraft there were people already on board and there was someone in my seat and um, I was a bit confused until I realized that the plane I was getting on was on a triangular service. So the passengers didn't actually get off the aircraft. They had started off somewhere else regionally in Quebec, headed down to Quebec city. The people that naturally were getting off the plane, got off the plane and everyone else stayed on the aircraft. So that was a new experience for me. I've never seen something like that. And to find someone in your seat, it kind of felt like maybe a bus journey or a train journey rather than boarding an aircraft. Um, one memorable thing from the journey and that was as we were getting ready to go I was wearing my uh, earphones and just listening to music and the cabin crew uh, person actually told me off and said I wasn't allowed to wear earphones or play music or play anything during the taxi and takeoff, which I was a little bit confused about I don't know if this is a rule um maybe I'm just being a bit silly and had no idea but on all my flights, I've never experienced that once. So that was certainly something that was interesting. Um, Since then, I've not necessarily looked up if it is a rule or whatever. So maybe someone can inform me on that. But definitely on all my other flights, I've never had that happen before. So unless that's policy on PAL and not elsewhere, then that remains to be seen. In the end, we were delayed out of Quebec City quite significantly, but I was still going to be able to make my Montreal to Toronto flight, so everything was all okay at that point. We arrived into Montreal, and it definitely was going to be a bit of a tight connection, but In the end, I definitely should have been okay. While I was on board the PAL aircraft, I was getting text messages. Not that I was able to see them as I was on airplane mode, but once arriving into Montreal, I could see that I was getting uh, many, many text messages regarding my flight from Montreal to Toronto, which was being delayed quite consistently. This is because the weather in Montreal was absolutely atrocious. So, what went from being a terrible journey to then end up having probably a resolution very quickly deteriorated. Um, unfortunately, the way it was going with all the delays, I would have about 25 minutes in Toronto to make my connection, but I still believed that that would be possible. Uh, I've had tighter connections and made it, so I was quietly confident that I'd be able to make that connection in Toronto. So, upon arriving into Montreal, it was time for the deboarding process which actually resulted in us being stuck on the aircraft for 25 minutes. Now, you may think to yourself, "Oh, that must be related to not having crew to be able to get the stairs out because of labor shortages. Well, no, we were on the aircraft with the stairs pretty much there. Um, The only issue is that they wanted to bring the bags out for people that had bought a particular package with pal that means they can collect their checked baggage at the door of the aircraft and take it and they were not letting us off the aircraft until they had done that even if we said we had no checked baggage to collect there so that was interesting um quite frustrating i mean i get it it's a way for them to make money but it's pretty annoying if you're not someone that has done that and you're racing for a connection and instead of You getting off the aircraft quickly, you're held there just because they want to have all the bags waiting for people that paid the extra money. Look, again, I get it from an airline standpoint, but then that slows down all the process because instead of them taking off our bags, they're focusing on the ones that paid extra to then put them at the door and then they haven't even started offloading our ones. Uh, And you're going to hear why it was an absolute nightmare as well, because once we got off the aircraft and made it to baggage claim, it was an hour and 20 minute wait before the first bag came through. So in that hour and 20 minutes, there was a lot of panic on my end of, look, I'm not making this connection. Um, All the while, I kept getting messages about being delayed. Um, and delayed again from Montreal to Toronto, so I was like quietly confident that I'll make the flight because it hadn't started boarding yet. It's just what would happen in Toronto, and I was like it probably won't go great in Toronto, but I may be able to somehow find a way to get get somewhere to Seattle quickly via Toronto because there are better opportunities from Toronto than Montreal um, because as mentioned at this point and at this time, they couldn't get me on board any direct flight to Seattle. It was only always via another destination. And as mentioned, we're now at probably around 3.50pm. I want to say 4pm. And the event is the next morning at 10.11am. So, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. And at this point, I had been traveling, I want to say nine hours or something and I'd only made it in relative terms about a one hour flight away from my initial origin point so it had definitely been quite a lengthy and hectic couple of hours to say the least in the end my bag finally arrived like I mentioned it was a very very lengthy wait um there were other people that had connections although they were lucky in the sense that um Their connections were later, and they weren't relying on, say, a connection in Toronto as well. They just had a connection to one other destination. So, it was stressful for them too, but on my end, it was more frustrating because I knew I had multiple connections to make. By the time I had my bag, I made my way upstairs. Because again, to mention, uh, initially the flight was booked all with Air Canada, but because they canceled the initial leg as a result, that meant that I did need to recheck my bag in Montreal um, because the PAL flight was completely separate. So upon making it up there, I was pretty rushy. And of course, when you need things to work, they don't work. So none of the check-in machines were working for my passport, so I had to get someone to come over. I explained the situation to him and he basically just said outright you're not going to make the flight now at this point it hadn't started boarding yet um scheduled departure time was still in 40 minutes and um I, again just for some further reference i had i've taken an air canada international flight once before and that flight was boarding and i arrived at the check-in gate and they actually personally escorted the the bag down and got me on the aircraft Again, circumstances are always different. I was just mildly confused because I know I was not the only one that was still trying to check a bag in, but it is what it is. He basically just said, look, we can't get you on this flight. So then the whole situation was me stood in Montreal airport trying to figure out how on earth I'm going to get to Seattle. And they were pretty, pretty bemused about what to do. And they were just like, look, we can just go tomorrow. And I never do this. I've never, ever done this in my entire life, but that's when I actually had to start saying like, yeah, I'm going, I've been invited by Boeing to an event and it makes me sick even like to this point that I had to use that as a, as a means to get them to try and help me. But I was trying to emphasize that I had like a a work conference and a work meeting and they weren't really... They they didn't give a crap and to to be honest, they probably may not even know what Boeing is, but in the hopes that maybe they would understand, look, it's not something that is small or at least it's related to aviation. Maybe something could be worked out. Uh, Another hour went by. In the end, um, the Montreal to Toronto flight that they didn't allow me on still actually hadn't left. So, realistically, I could have got put on that flight in the end, but I would have missed the connection to Seattle. So, In the end, it probably worked out better that I didn't end up getting clearance to go on that aircraft, um, to Toronto. But just, it was a very messy hour of them trying to find out a way to get me to Seattle. They were very, very helpful, um, but there just weren't many ways, which is weird and frustrating because Seattle is not, like, a, a small location. It's a pretty major US city, and from Montreal, it was just so difficult to try and get there, um... They gave me, well, at that point, they were basically saying to me that there was no way to get me to Seattle until tomorrow night. And if at that point that was to happen, I would miss the event. And then why would I even go to Seattle? So then I started saying, is there a way to get me to Los Angeles or San Francisco? Um And from there, I'll just go back to Australia. For those that are unaware, the main reason why I accepted the offer from Boeing and tried to go to this event is I was already headed back to Australia and geographic positioning means that... If you're based in eastern quebec seattle is technically on the way back to australia so the the goal was to just stop off there for a few days to be able to attend the event and then head back home to australia so if i can't attend that event well then i might as well try and figure out how to head back to australia if you're catching my drift here So, I just said, look, is there a way to get me to Los Angeles or San Francisco? Because I know there are many flights to at least San Francisco and LA. And from there, I'll sort out my own travel and, you know, just book a United Airlines ticket back to Melbourne, Sydney, or whatever. And they said that, look, there's no way we can change your ticket. You're going to have to go to Seattle one way or another. Again, this is something I just found really odd, and this won't be the first instance where I was a little bit confused based on previous experiences like I don't know if the rules are different in some provinces with some airlines when an airline is in one country Um, but they said to me that look we have to get you to Seattle because that's where you're ticketed to but in the past with other airlines globally not just in Australia but other airlines globally if I've had to deal with multiple cancellations um, missing flights because of the airline's own issues, normally then there's the flexibility to put you on a different flight, even if there's a fair change required or you get a refund or compensation or whatever for the problems I've gone through. So I found that really, really odd. Um, I should mention that back to speaking just on the Montreal to Toronto, I, he said, we couldn't put your bag on the aircraft. So I said to him, that's fine. Can you just put it on the next, next flight to Seattle, like the next routing or whatever possible because I don't technically need the checked bag until I go back to Australia, which was at this time in four days time. And I figured it would make it to Seattle in that time period. They said that we can't check your bag onto another flight if you're not boarding it, which again, I totally get this. There's not one part of me that doesn't understand their logic and reasoning behind that. However, I have flown with Qantas on numerous occasions and also have flown with, I can't, I can't remember the exact name of the airline. It may have been United. And whether it was me directly with Qantas or other people around me with United and Qantas, when there was an issue on the airline's part that led to you missing a flight or something happening, and if they could at least put you on the aircraft, they would do so and put your bag on the next available flight. This has happened on numerous occasions whether it's been with me or with other people or with people I've known. So I very much get their reasoning and I get why you shouldn't be doing that. But what I don't understand then is why it's happened on other occasions and not this time. Either way, it wasn't a big deal. It was just in my head. I I thought to myself, look, this has happened to me before. That's why I asked you the question. I get why it shouldn't be allowed, but usually I've seen it happen before anyway, back onto the story I was saying. So, yeah, they basically couldn't find a way to get me to Seattle. Uh, An hour had gone by, and eventually the only um, available way to do it was to go via Vancouver. And this was after failed attempts of me saying, can you just get me to Los Angeles and San Francisco, which would just be one flight, and that way I can sort out my onwards travel home. But they they weren't going to allow that. So, in the end... I was jumping on board a triple seven to Vancouver. Boarding was going to start in 45 minutes. So by the time I had that all ticketed, the bag had to go pretty quickly. Um, Again, just very funny because the time between being ticketed on that plane and the boarding was the exact same amount of time as that Montreal to Toronto, but they couldn't do it for that one, but they could do it for this. Uh, It was a very like confusing experience at that airport. So, definitely had to rush then through security, rush to the gate, um eventually boarded the aircraft and the weather again in Montreal was so so bad. Um yeah, I was going to have to have an overnight layover in Vancouver, I should clarify, which would mean I need a hotel because it wasn't like a 2-hour layover. I think it was going to be close to I want to say 15 hours. Um so I could have roughed it in the airport but at that point I was pretty shattered I'm not going to lie um and knowing I also had an event that I wasn't dressed for was proving a little bit difficult um so I said to them like look I'm going to need an overnight place and they they said look speak to Air Canada staff in Vancouver and they'll sort out a voucher or put you up somewhere because it's honestly it's the least they should be doing with all the crap again it's not always their fault but when you're inconvenienced that much because of an airline, normally there's some degree of compensation. And especially when you're then forced into an overnight layover that you didn't want to do and weren't meant to be doing. Um, pretty frustrating. So, like I said, the weather in Montreal was pretty atrocious. In the end, we spent two hours sat on the ground from boarding to departure One, that was because the aircraft had gone tech and had issues, and two, the weather was so bad that it took so long to get to a de-icing bay for then eventual departure. Triple seven flight was smooth. I had a seat spare next to me and someone on the aisle. No complaints, had a bit of sleep with my head slammed on the tray table. And uh, yeah, before I knew it, we were descending into Toronto. What am I saying? Descending into Vancouver, pardon me. There were so many changes in the route that even I have gotten a little bit confused. Deboarded the aircraft. By the time I arrived in baggage claim, it was, I want to say, 11 p.m. Um, And I had a flight the next morning at around nine. So the 15 hours ended up being less. I spoke with Air Canada staff and explained the situation, explained what I'd been told in Montreal with regards to booking a hotel and um, they basically said, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. We won't be doing that. Uh, there's nothing we can do to help you, which I just found really odd. And again, I don't mean to be coming across as, um, I don't know what the word is, but I just don't mean to be coming across in the wrong way and thinking that, you know, I deserve a, a hotel or something like that, or I deserve compensation. Um, I'm not I'm not like that, but based on what I was told from, the air canada staff and what i just believed was common practice within an airline given everything that had happened i just thought that it was the least that maybe they would do for any paying customer uh, but no so in the end i had to sort a hotel out um the baggage claim was delayed massively i ended up spending an hour and a half there again um before the bags finally turned up and that was also after a bunch of us queued internally for bag support because just the bags weren't coming i could see my air tag was showing up that it was in vancouver but it wasn't coming out like many others so after an hour and a half we kind of went to line up and we're like oh god this is a this is a nightmare um eventually though the bag arrived at twelve thirty in the morning So, from there, um, tried to call the hotel for a shuttle, but they weren't answering. Very frustrating. Um, so, eventually had to get an Uber, but because it was 1230 on what I believe, I've got to try and remember the day. If you can give me two seconds, I'm going to open up the calendar because I don't remember what day it was. I remember the date, but I don't remember the day. Ah, okay. It was, um... I want to say 1230 in the morning on a Monday. So there were not really any Ubers around. There were no flights coming in generally and therefore there were no Ubers around. Um, nor were there any taxis. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of taxis. Normally I take Ubers. Um, but yeah, there was nothing around. I kept trying to request an Uber. Couldn't get in contact with the hotel. Uh, so that was another, I want to say 30 minutes before I finally had a ride accepted on Uber to then get me to the hotel, got into the room at like one, two AM, uh, and had about a three and a half hour, four hour sleep before I was up showering, getting changed into my business attire for the event. Um, seems I bought the weather of Eastern Quebec with me to Vancouver because it was snowing. And, uh, Vancouver's one of those places, I guess you could say similar to London, um, even Los Angeles, if it was to ever happen, but I know they get, have had more so rain. Um, when snow hits, they can't really deal with it. Um, because they're just not equipped like, say a Montreal while yes, all hell breaks loose in Montreal because it's bad weather life still goes on. But, uh, Vancouver is one of those places where if snow happens, everything kind of comes to a halt and that's not anything against vancouver i mean i've lived in london and when it snowed everything stopped or i'm from melbourne and while we get four seasons in one day if we get something torrential then everything just kind of collapses because some locations are more accustomed or more prepared for a certain climate and then if something out of the ordinary happens well then that's your end result So, with that being said, I made it to the airport. Check-in and security, very, very smooth. I really like Vancouver Airport. I'm going to go on and just say it's probably one of my favorite airports in the world. Um, There's just something about it. It's really homely. It's very comforting. I've always had, well, bar what happened before and bar what you're about to hear, I've always had really nice experiences. And even though there's been some hiccups, um, for the most part, i've really really enjoyed being there and the vibe it has um they've got model aircraft i love the art i love the carpet it's just it's really really nice so i was excited to be back there and excited to for the journey to be continuing on i had an 830 air canada express um propeller plane uh, flight from seattle oh my god from vancouver to seattle pardon me getting me into Seattle at 9.40 in the morning. The event started at 11 a.m. So, I was just going to get an Uber uh, directly from the airport to uh, Painfield. Now, to their credit, the team at Boeing have, or even to this day, have been absolutely incredible. They were on hand throughout all my cancellations to be as helpful as possible to try and make sure I got there. Um, They were very, very supportive. They were saying, we'll let you in at this time. No worries. Come at this time. We'll figure it out. Don't worry. Thank you for the update. We hope you said... They were really, really, really genuinely nice and very, very good people. Um, And I can't thank them enough, not just for the invite, but for also being so helpful with everything that had been going on in my attempts to get over there. Um, Because I think the way these events work, it's like... They'll invite you and what I mean not that I'm an expert when it comes to events I've not really attended that many but normally what happens is is while they'll invite you you make that effort to come across and support what they're doing so they really appreciate you going to that effort and no doubt spending that money to come and be in attendance and support what it was and for this it was the final 747 um sat at the gate, and then unfortunately the string of bad events continued. Uh the flight was delayed by half an hour, then delayed another half an hour, then delayed another half an hour, then delayed another half an hour, then delayed, an hour, then delayed an hour. And before I knew it, uh the flight was reading at twelve thirty pm, not eight thirty. It then also moved to one thirty pm. So for an event that was starting at eleven AM, a twelve thirty departure, wasn't really gonna gonna work. I tried contacting Boeing for a last-ditch attempt and kind of said, "I'm going to be in quite late. Is there anyone going to be around in the afternoon where I could at least see the aircraft and maybe take some photos?" Unfortunately, no, and I got that, but it was worth a shot. So after seeing a five-hour delay um, in my head, it was I was I was pretty dejected after that that travel journey. That again, if we're talking back to the beginning of the story, when I was just watching a little hockey tournament in a small town. Um to then get that text message and try and find ways and every way possible to make it happen Um, I was also pretty pretty down as I just left my partner Who i'd been with for a couple of months visiting not left as in breaking up left in the sense of I was coming back to australia And the only reason I had actually left early was to attend this boeing event I would have stayed a couple more weeks. There was no need for me to come back as early as I did. Um so It was pretty dejecting sitting in Vancouver knowing, you know, you had left early. You were dealing with those emotions as a human being. um, And then at the same time, having all these incidents with regards to delays and just the world trying to find any way to not make you go to this 747 event. Um, And I'm not going to lie. I'm not someone that is like superstitious or believes in conspiracies and all of this. But for a solid like 35 seconds I kind of thought to myself, is this the way of the world trying to tell me not to go to the 747 event? Like, is something going to happen to me if I go there? And I guess we'll never know. And I'm not saying normally I believe in those things. But when you have like 20 instances that come up in such rapid succession that stop you from doing something you want to do, your mind is just going back and forth. And and as a result, I was just thinking to myself, mm, maybe the world- doesn't want me to go and see this last 747. And again, we'll never know, but that's where your mind goes after so many of these instances happening over and over again. So after a five hour delay, I kind of sat there and thought to myself, well, I'm not making the 747 event, which was the whole reason I went there. I didn't go for the flyaway event, which was the day after. I was going for the event where I'd actually be underneath the 747 at the Boeing factory, meeting everyone. The flyaway event meant I would just be in a spotting location. And while I would have loved to have seen the 747 leave without trying to be rude or anything, it's not as if you'd be positioned anywhere different to if I lived in Seattle and was driving to the airport. So it just kind, of, and then I would have to also rely on getting a viewing point because, in the end, something I worked out is it was a lot harder to even see the aircraft than maybe first imagined, and there were people that couldn't get good pictures or videos because my TV media had already set themselves up. So, um, I kind of had a solid thirty minutes of contemplating and came to the decision that look, I should just offload myself from this flight. If, if it's possible, because there was no point in me wasting so much money in Seattle, I would just go home. Um, and maybe this time, because I had technically had a delay and so forth, I could make my way back to Melbourne and not have to end up into Seattle. Uh, there are a lot of people probably also doing the same thing. So, it took quite a while to uh, speak to someone at the counter because... <laughs> Because of labor shortages there was only one person handling a flight and when everyone's trying to get offloaded or have their travel arrangements moved and there's only one person there, that's a lot on their shoulders and does mean you're waiting quite a while. In the end, the offloading process took about thirty seconds and I was on my way through customs, which was very funny. I basically had to fill in an arrival card despite having not left anywhere. Um, and they were a bit confused and a bit like, What are you doing? Uh, had to explain and as you always do when you're encountering border force or doing something like that you're naturally a little bit nervous and so forth so you just, you just go into like a shell. They know that. That's their, they're doing, they're just doing their job. But it, it is quite funny to a certain extent, um, having to explain that, look, I've not actually gone anywhere. <laughs> I've just been in the airport. I felt like Tom Hanks out of that movie, uh, The Terminal, if you've seen it, he lived in the airport. Um, while I didn't live in the airport, it was that principle of going in, but not actually going anywhere. Once I collected my bag from the special assistance area, um... I went upstairs and booked a flight with United Airlines to San Francisco and then back through to Melbourne. Um, and that was leaving at 3 p.m. from Vancouver. Oh, what am- Again, I've said it again. I didn't even realize until now. My apologies, everyone. Uh, I booked a flight from Vancouver to San Francisco and then to Melbourne. I think I said Seattle. That's not what I meant. Vancouver to San Francisco and then onwards to Melbourne. And the flight was leaving Vancouver at 3 p.m so i had about five hours just to to relax and kill in vancouver and uh had to go through security and border again uh he said weren't you just here like a couple hours ago what happened so i had to explain it to the official and then he didn't really believe me Uh, i had to do a bit more convincing and then he let me through and then yeah had five hours in san francisco and just try what am i saying five hours in vancouver and uh just just kind of relaxed honestly um, and I'm going to leave it here. In the end, I didn't make the 747 event. So after all that, I didn't see the last 747. I've still never visited Seattle and never visited the Boeing factory. It was a lot of money that in the end was wasted. Um, of course you make memories and looking back, it was an experience, but I can't lie and be all positive and say that it wasn't really, really annoying and really, really frustrating and obviously upsetting, um, the 747 I absolutely adore and it's it's such a reason why I've even started this publication and even before that why I've gotten into aviation I mean it's my mum's favorite plane and I'm absolutely just as plane mad as her and she's loved planes from a very very long time ago and especially the 747 and will always scream so she didn't have the opportunity to go and go to Seattle to be able to see it and um I kind of felt as if me going there was like in a weird way doing it also for her and just, and, and it felt very, um, the sense of pride as well to be invited by Boeing for the last 747 event, my mum's favorite plane that she adores that plane. Uh, so it was very, very upsetting and very disappointing to then not have even been to the Boeing factory after all that and just be headed back home. um, but hey, at least there was a funny podcast that came out of it, at the very least. Um, and a couple of decent meals in the airport. But yes, unfortunately, didn't get to go. So I'm very sorry to anyone that was looking forward to hearing about maybe the event. It It's kind of taken a lot of twists and turns and definitely was a travel experience that is unforgettable, but one that you want to forget at the same time. I hope you enjoyed listening. Our next episode will be covering that United Airlines journey from Vancouver to San Francisco onwards to Melbourne, and then we'll continue with more flight reviews and more trip reviews and a lot of exciting content to come. Uh, Just approaching now over 40 minutes of recording, so I wanted to thank you very much for taking the time to listen. I hope I didn't tire out from everything that happened in this episode and journey. I've said about what, 20 cities? So my head is just racing and that's why I'm struggling and I keep saying Seattle when I mean Vancouver and so on. But thank you very much. Feel free to rate and review the podcast. Make sure to follow it so you're notified whenever an episode goes live. Uh, Take care, be safe and I'll see you next weekend where we'll be covering that United Airlines trip from Vancouver down through to Melbourne via San Francisco.
0: And a very warm welcome to your destination. Please keep your seatbelt fastened for the following. This has been the DJ's Aviation Podcast. One of the most unique podcasts on the internet. Offering up your one-stop shop for all things aviation. From news to incredible stories detailing trips worldwide. Leave a review and follow the podcast on your preferred streaming platform. For Onward Connections, check us out on Twitter at DJ's Aviation or the show notes to join our partner discord server see the website and more and we'd like to thank you sincerely for listening and we look forward to seeing you back on board shortly for another episode of the dj's aviation podcast